Amen. Thank you, Daniel. My name is Ron Cole. I'm one of the pastors here at Hillside, and again, I'd like to extend a welcome to each and every one of you. I want to begin this morning with a video, and it's actually quite an old video. It's from the Ed Sullivan Show. So if you've never watched Ed Sullivan, it's a really big show, shoe, rather, really, right? It's a big shoe, and, um, and, and I want to take a look at this, and <clears throat> it's a guy by the name of Hendrik Bota, and he's a, a plate spinner, and uh, we're going to pick it up where he's got six. He's going for seven plates, and then it kind of starts to fall, and See if this doesn't look just a little bit like maybe a parable of your life, because I know it does of mine. Ever feel that way? It's your life just running around from one thing to another, just trying to keep things up in the air, just trying to hold things together, but we have so many responsibilities, so many places we're supposed to be, so many things we're supposed to be doing that we just don't have any time to slow down. You don't have time to catch your breath. You're always doing something. I mean, you've got to pick up that kid over there and, and, and from that side of town, and then immediately you've got to uh, drop that one off over there. You've got to pick one up over there, and it doesn't matter if they're kids or grandkids, nieces, nephews, neighbors, whatever it is, but you're, you're running around picking up kids, and you, 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 you pick up the, the, the second kid, and then you realize that uh, you drop them off. You barely got time, but you've got to go stop at your parents' house. Um, and, and, and check in on them. You haven't been there for four days, and so you need to just stop in, check how mom and dad are doing. You go into their house, and mom greets you with those wonderful words of, oh, I'm so glad you're alive. <laughs> oh, mom. Why, mom? Well, because I figured you were dead. I hadn't heard from you for four days. No phone calls, nothing. I just figured you must have been dead by now. And so and it's like, okay, great, I'm sorry. But didn't, didn't my sister-in-law stop the last two days? No. No, she didn't. All right, well, let's check out your meds. You got to find out she hadn't given them the meds. It's just a mess. All right, I got to call the doctor, find out what's going on. That takes 10 minutes. You finally figure out what's going on with that. It's like, I got to run. Okay, I got to go. Uh, no, you don't have time for coffee with mom and dad. I gave you birth. I gave you birth. And this is how you say thank you. Okay, so you sit down and you have coffee, and while you're having coffee, you get that emergency call from work. Come on, you got to come in, you got to do something. I know you can get this done. So you got to go in, so you go into work, you leave mom and dad, they're still not happy. You go into work. Um, while you're there, the, the, your phone buzzes, reminding you you've got a meeting at church. So you say, I'll be back in an hour. And so you go to church, you go to your meeting, you go back to work. You, 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 you finish up the project there, okay? And so you do your meeting at church, and, and then on the way home from that, you, you realize, oh, I really want that perfect Christmas present for little Johnny. Oh, Myers, I, they're going to run out. I better stop. So you stop and you buy that perfect Christmas present. And then finally you pull into the driveway at about 10.30 that night. And you think, oh, good. I get to start again at 6 a.m. But before you can get to bed, the phone rings. And it's your sister-in-law, you know, the one that didn't go over to see your parents. And she says, you know, um, 
sorry to call so late, but I was hanging out on the internet. You know how easy it is just to spend three hours on the internet? Man, I just sat down and it was three hours later. You want to wring her neck because you don't have three hours to sit down and play around on the internet. She said, but I ran across some amazing ticket flights to Hawaii. And, and we haven't taken the kids to Hawaii for two years now. I mean, we took them a few years in a row. We haven't taken them for two years, and we just couldn't pass it up. So we're going to be taking everybody to Hawaii. So would it be okay if your family hosted Christmas this year? I, I know it was our turn, but, but is it okay? And you think, we haven't taken our kids to Moline, much less Hawaii. And you, you want to just go through. And, 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 and then somehow this is the one that pushes you over the edge because she says, and, and will you stop in to feed the dog while we're in Hawaii? Can you just do that? as well. And we sit in the car, and we crack, and we crumble, and we lose it. And we might blow up in anger at the person, at some random person, might be our sister-in-law, might be our spouse when we get in, and we blow up at them, or we crawl into a corner, and we whimper and cry. Because spinning plates is indeed, for many of us, the story of our lives. We've never enough time to slow down. If you know what it's like, if you know what that's like, and, and maybe you're not in that season of your life right now, there are seasons. For those of you who are in the midst of it, it does sometimes pass for at least a little while. But for those of you who are in the midst of that, we've got all those plates spinning and going on with that. What I want to say to you is welcome to Martha's world. And not Martha Stewart, though it would also be hers, I think. But Martha, the sister of Mary and the sister of Lazarus. Martha, the friend of Jesus, who lived in the city of Bethany just outside of Jerusalem. Martha was a doer, okay? Martha was a doer. She was somebody who got the job done. She was efficient, she was organized, and she also had the gift of hospitality. She could get a lot done, and there was a little bit of an edge to her sometimes, but she had that amazing ability to make her house so welcoming. That amazing ability. Her house was big enough to host guests overnight, and and it was a great place to stop because she was an amazing cook. She was absolutely phenomenal, and she loved to have people over, and that's probably why Jesus and the disciples liked to stay there, because Martha was just so good at it. She made them feel so welcome. And in Luke 10, verse 38, Luke tells us that while Jesus and the disciples were on the way, they stopped in to see Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And Martha was genuinely happy. She was excited to see them. It was always great when they came over and she had guests and she could do her thing. And so she immediately started to make up the guest room. She got out the the mints that she puts on the pillows and, and, and she got the guest rooms all made up. And then she went into the kitchen and the kitchen is where she was home. This was her element. This was her gift. She was the gift of hospitality personified. She absolutely loved it. In fact, her kitchen was almost a commercial kitchen. It was so ready to go with a large group, and she was so ready to do that. And so she was excited to make this meal. She was excited to be there with Jesus and to bless them with a meal. And she decided to go all out, all right? She decided to make this the most special meal she could absolutely make. And she would make it special for each and every one of them. So she got out her menu, and she started to think through it. And she said, James... John, Jesus, Andrew, John, yeah, they are fish people. She'd been at the market that morning. Tilapia was just beautiful, fresh caught from the Sea of Galilee. The tilapia was beautiful. She decided pan-fried tilapia. That's what I'll do. I'll do a little pan-fried tilapia, a little butter, a little fresh lemon juice squeezed on top of it. Ah, that'll be perfect. But Thaddeus and Thomas and Bartholomew and Philip... They are not fish people. 
lamb chops. I'll make them lamb chops, cumin and rosemary and thyme. It is going to be just perfect. They'll be so excited. They'll see the fish, and they'll be like, oh, thank you, Martha. And then I'll bring out the lamb chops, and they'll be like, oh, you are the best. You're the absolute best. But that left the other James and Simon and Judas. Chicken. Okay, chicken. I've got chicken. I can do that. What shall I do? I know. I'll do, I'll do chicken cordon bleu. What am I thinking? I'm Jewish. I can't put ham in a chicken. I, I would, let's, let's, we can't do cordon bleu. Um, marsala. That's it. We'll do chicken marsala. Okay, I can do this. And again, she's got enough pot. She's got enough stuff. She can do this. Okay, this is going to be such a gift. And then she said, you know what? I think I'll throw together that pran- can- cranberry pecan salad that I make. I, I toast the pecans with some sugar and then cranberries dried. And I, and I think I'll put that together. Uh, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be so much fun. The delight that they take in this meal. It is going to be so good. Matthew, he'll eat anything, but he loves dessert. Cheesecake. We'll do cheesecake for Matthew. And, and so she started to go after it. And again, she's done this before. Again, it's busy. It's a lot of plates. But, but she can do this but not so much today because things started to fall apart. She went to the market, and there was no more tilapia at the first store. So she went to the second marketplace, the third, and, and couldn't find any. So she said, okay, we'll do pan-fried carp. <laughs> I guess that'll be good enough. And then she got home and started on the lamb chops, but there was no cumin, and she tried three different neighbors, and they didn't have it. So she had to go all the way back to, to the market again to get more cumin. And, 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 I mean, what's lamb chops without cumin? I mean, it just isn't any good. And so she had to go back to the market. She had to go get that. And, and, and then she got back home. And, and then maybe what really pushed her over the edge, <laughs> I mean, she's running around. She's doing this and that. All the pots are boiling. But when she reached in for the, kitchen, the chicken, Lazarus, her big brother, Apparently it had a, a snack attack last night at midnight, and he decided to eat the chicken. And so she had no chicken, so she had to start from scratch on that. And everything just felt like it was falling apart, and she's running around, and everything was just so difficult. And then she sees Mary. Then she sees Mary, sweet little Mary, cute little Mary, size two. Martha was not. Size two. And there she is, just doing what she always does, sitting. She's sitting there, looking at Jesus, just listening to him, taking it all in. And it drives Martha nuts. In fact, it pushes her over the edge. And she explodes. But it's interesting, she doesn't explode at Mary, okay? She doesn't explode at Mary. She doesn't say, Mary, get in here and help me. Psst, get in here. Help me. You know who she goes after? Jesus. She goes after Jesus. I mean, she's so busy serving Jesus. Doesn't he care? Doesn't he care to do anything? Luke 10, verse 40, this is what it says. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care? (laughs) Just stop and think about that. (laughs) If we could see that scene. This is God. This is Jesus. This is compassion personified. This is the most compassionate person ever. And don't you care? And don't you care? I'm doing all this for you. And don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Don't you care? Tell her to help me. Do this, Jesus. And before we get upset with Martha, can we recognize that Martha has a really good point? I mean, Martha is exactly right at one level because there are things that have to be done. 
You know, th- this story is one that some of you are familiar with. <laughs> and, and we're tempted to sort of, and you'll all see this in a bit, but we're tempted to sort of say, yeah, the problem was Martha was just too busy and she needed to slow down and just... But let's just recognize something. There's a lot to be done. There's a lot to get done. Those of you who are Marthas, those of you who are doers, the fact is this church doesn't turn on itself. The fact is those slides don't just run on their own. The fact is the sound doesn't get turned on. And we need somebody to do that. Someone has to do it. And, and, and babies don't just take care of themselves. Somebody has to do that. And, 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 and People just don't teach themselves. Somebody needs to do that. I mean, if nobody does anything, if everybody's merry, nothing gets done and everything is a huge mess. Someone has to, need, he has to clean the house or the house is a mess. It's true. Experiment during college. Group of six of us living in a house. We could not make it a full semester. Once the mice started to have their own plates at the table, we said, okay, it's time to clean. I mean, we made a great effort. We had what some people called a breakfast nook. Honest to goodness, true story. That was our garbage nook. And it was just like full. Somebody needed to clean. We can say that it's nice to just hang out with Jesus, but, but that doesn't always work because somebody needs to clean. Somebody needs to cook or nobody's going to eat. Sorry, we're not ordering pizza. <laughs> Maybe think that Thursday when everybody was enjoying their time and relaxing and you were the one saying, hello, I know you're all going to enjoy this meal, but somebody's got to do it. It's not like it just happens all along. If we all just sit around, nothing happens. Somebody has to cook or we don't eat. Someone needs to bake the bed or you won't find a place to sleep. Someone needs to do something or nothing gets done. It's true. It's true. We, 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 we've got to recognize Martha's Martha. She's a doer, and what she's doing is important. And let me tell you, if we don't have Martha's in church, we're dead. If we don't have Martha's around, nothing gets done. So you'd think Jesus would maybe say, all right, I'm sorry. Let's get up. Let's help Martha. Come on, we can do this. I understand it's not going the way it's supposed to. But he doesn't. You know, it's interesting. We kind of say, yeah, you know, Martha needs a little lesson here. But I wonder if Martha had not even just heard. <laughs> Maybe the disciples had told Martha, uh, the, uh, Mary what, what had just happened. You see, the story right before this in the Gospel of Luke is an interesting one. It's an important one. It's one that many of you will recognize. In, in Luke chapter 10, just before this account, um, Jesus is talking with a teacher of the law. And, and that teacher of the law says, uh, I know I'm supposed to love God, love my neighbor, but who's my neighbor? Jesus tells the story that some of us know as the Good Samaritan. It's the story of a guy who's traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he gets robbed, and he's laying there. Jesus says a priest comes by, somebody who has just uh, spent a week sitting at the feet of God the Father. priest walks by and uh, passes. And a Levite, somebody, again, who is learning the word of God, (laughs) comes by and passes. And a Samaritan, whose theology was questionable at best, stops and helps Jesus says, do you get it? If there's somebody who has a need, you've got to meet it. That's what it means to be a disciple. That's what it means to love God. That's what it means to love your neighbor. Jesus gets to the end of the story, and in verse 36, he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied and said, the one who had mercy on him. And what does Jesus say? Jesus told him, go and do. You want to follow Jesus, he says, go and do likewise. Don't just 
sit down, but go and do. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a doer. That's why I say Martha had a really good point. Something needed to get done, and Jesus had just said, go out and do likewise. Go out and serve. Go out and help. And that's what Martha's doing, and Mary's not. Jesus, cannot you help me here, please? Jesus replies, Martha, Martha. One of the rare places, only a few times does Jesus say a name twice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, Martha, this is not a Mary problem right now. This is a Martha problem. And it's a word for the Marthas among us and the little Martha that's inside each of us. Now let's try to figure out exactly what's being said here. Notice this. Jesus isn't criticizing Martha for being active, okay? that's who she is. That's what she does. And, 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 and he's not saying, you shouldn't be so active. You shouldn't be doing stuff. It, it, it's good for her. That's who she is. She, she, she is called to be active. Jesus is not criticizing Martha for being active. And Jesus is not saying Mary never has to serve. <laughs> Jesus is not saying when he says, you know, she chose the better part. <laughs> There's going to be a time when Jesus says, and now Mary, get up and do. Mary, you've heard a lot. Now go and tell. Mary, it's time for you to get busy. He's not saying Mary never has to serve, okay? That's not what the point of the story is. The point of the story is not that we never do anything. All we do is sit at the feet of Jesus. What the point of the story is, what Jesus is trying to do with Martha, is that Jesus is inviting Martha and us to just be with him sometimes. To just be with him. To, to take the plates down and come and be with Jesus. You see, here's the problem. Martha was so busy doing for Jesus that she didn't take the time to be with Jesus. It it was service that had just become so much that she didn't have time to sit with Jesus. And as we enter into the next four weeks, I wonder if that will be true of us. It is a time of the year that is so extremely busy. It's a time of the year where you will be tempted to overserve. Some of you will be tempted to just be too busy. And I wonder if you can hear Jesus say, slow down. Yes, serve, but don't forget me. Don't forget to love me. I think what Jesus wants to say to Martha and teach one of us is, Martha, I love your service, but I love you more. For some of us, it's that service that gives us our Kudos, it's that service that makes us feel important. But Jesus says, you know what? Oh, I do love your service. But even that, I love, more than that, I love you. I love you. And will you stop and just be with me for a while right now? So what about us? Can we do that? Can you, in the next four weeks, Carve out time every day, every other day, just to be with Jesus. Not to do for, but just to be with Jesus. You see, I think 
part of what happens, and, and I've experienced this and many of you have as well, is, is that our sermon, our service rather, will overwhelm us if it's not rooted in a relationship with Jesus. If we're always busy doing for Jesus and never being with Jesus, we will run out of gas and we will explode. And so we need to take the time to say, going to stop the plates for a while or at least only have one or two plates going. So how can we do that? I'm going to take just a couple of minutes now to try to get practical here and say, what might you do to spend time with Jesus in the next four weeks? How might you do that and, and, and carve out that time? Four things that I want to suggest you think about doing. First one is, is I think, really clearly rooted in the text, though I'd never noticed it until a few years ago. But, but this is, I think, sometimes the word of God to us. Don't bite off too much. Simplify, simplify, simplify. It doesn't need to be that elaborate. Look at verse 41. This is just fascinating. Again, I, I never noticed this until a, a, a preacher showed it to me a, a number of years ago. But Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're worried, upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. And, and I always thought, you know, that that one thing was what's needed is spending time with Jesus. That that was the one thing. You know what? In the Greek, that's not clear at all. In fact, there's been a long tradition of, of suggesting that what Jesus is really saying here is, Martha, we don't need all that food. One dish would have been enough. One dish would have been enough. I, I think Jesus might be saying to Martha here, again, the, the text support, you're worried upset about many things. You've got the pan-fried tilapia, oh, carp. You've got the chicken marsala. You've got the, the lamb chops. You've got all this stuff going on. Why didn't you just make one thing? It was all you needed to do, okay? Martha, I love you. But you didn't need to make three main courses, an elaborate salad, and a cheesecake. Soup would have been enough. And I think sometimes God says to us, just stop being so elaborate. Have you ever gone to somebody's house and they're so busy preparing the meal and making sure everything is done on time that they don't spend any time with you and you say, man, I would have rather had a cup of soup and spent an hour talking to you. God says that to you this morning. Sometimes I, 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 it's hard to do this because for those of us who are Marthas, you want to... You wanna, just give that gift of hospitality. You want it to be over the top. You want to show how much you love. But guess what? Sometimes we need to just simplify, okay? Martha, Martha, you're busy with so many things. Only one thing is needed. Okay, all we needed was soup. I would have rather had soup and you than all this other stuff without you. Can you do that? Can, can you look over your celebrations? Can you look over your events? Can you look over the things and say, you know what, I don't have to do it this way. There's a place, a number of them, Costco, Sam's, they do amazing things. People might not even know. But if you invite me over, I'd rather have you. I love food, don't get me wrong. But I'd rather have time with you. And that's what Jesus says. So, so Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. Only one dish is necessary. And that, that's a reading that goes, I never heard that before, but it's a reading that goes back all the way to the early church. So don't bite off too much. Simplify. Second. Second. If you are a Martha or a Mary, remember that only God is perfect. Don't give in to the Grinch of perfectionism. For some of us, we actually dare to think 
that we can have a perfect meal in a perfect house. You can't. Because you're human. Now Martha Stewart comes close, and I come a little closer. No, I mean, it is so hard for some of us. It's that perfectionism that is a grinch that will not only steal our joy, but it will steal our time with Jesus. And we need to say, it's okay. It doesn't need to be perfect. You could never get it perfect. You're always going to have some mistakes. It's always going to be, something's not going to be the right temperature. The potatoes are going to be a little too lumpy or not lumpy enough. Something, okay, relax, relax. You are not somebody who's going to get 100%. What if he said, for my celebrations, I want to get a 60%? Do you know how much more time you'd have? You don't need to be perfect. You're human. Third, don't bite off too much. Remember that only God is perfect and know that you'll never be good enough for some people. Some of us call that person mom. Some of us call that person a spouse. Some of us call that person a neighbor. But we all have those critics in our lives. Those people who will just point out where it isn't quite perfect. And I promise you this, if you try to please that person, you will be spinning plates and you will drop dead. There are some people that if you make it your goal to please, you will be overwhelmed. Give yourself permission to say, I don't have to get an A from that person. They are exercising their gift of criticism and I don't have to buy into it. I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4. In 1 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, Paul has been criticized by so many people. He has had so many people. Your sermons are too long. The sermons are too short. You're not nearly as good a speaker as that person. You're gone too long. You're here too much. Whatever it is, he doesn't have these spiritual gifts. He does have those, but they're not very good and so on. And, and Paul just says, you know what? Let me tell you something. I care very little. I'm judged by you or any human court. Paul cares. I mean, I, don't tell me we can't care at all, but I care very little. I want you to, to enjoy it, but I can't, I can't put myself into that. I care very little if I have judged you or any human court. He says, I don't even judge myself. I don't even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Okay. Did you love well? I can promise you this, Jesus doesn't worry too much if the turkey was too dry. Were you faithful in loving the people around the table? There will be some folks you'll never satisfy. Could you give yourself permission to say, I'm not going to do that for them. I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. And that's the fourth thing. And, and this is just a practical suggestion of maybe you want to write in time with Jesus in your calendar. I mean, write in Jesus. And you can tell people, sorry, that time is occupied. That time is busy. And it's going to be Jesus. Again, what we're not talking about is me time. You need me time. Okay, me time is good. I'm not against me time. But this is Jesus time. When we can come into his presence. I don't know what works best when you're there. If it's music, I was thinking about that song we began with, Your Grace is Enough. God, your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Maybe you need to just make that a theme song and listen to it every morning for the next four weeks. Say, God, your grace is enough. Remind me of that. 
I'm covered in your love. And then out of that relationship, out of that relationship, now I can serve. Out of that relationship, Martha can now go to the kitchen and say, if we pour the chicken Marcella in with the lamb chops, we have stew. Let's just do that. Because I'm covered in your love. And your grace is enough. So enjoy the holiday season. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. But don't miss being with Jesus. Let's pray together. (coughs) Father, you call us to go and do likewise. We don't get to just be contemplative Mary every day. Father, remind us that we need to be both Martha and Mary. Give us permission, whatever it takes. Whether it's saying we've got to simplify, whether it's saying it doesn't need to be perfect, whether it's not worrying about the critics. Father, give us permission to come apart and rest and to know that your grace is enough. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to stand and sing a song of response. The words will be new, but the the tune is very familiar. You'll probably notice it, but it's, uh, it's to come thou fount. But let's stand and sing that together.
to self we gladly die. All our longings, all our longings find attainment. When to self we gladly die. Following our service, there are going to be some folks from Hillside in the prayer room. If you'd like to talk with somebody, uh, pray with somebody, they'll be happy to meet with you. So we go from this place, go in the amazing grace of Jesus and know that that grace is enough. Amen.